Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brian Wagers. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Thanks for having me, Whitney. Pleasure. Brian is the founder of Wagers Capital, where he has grown a net worth of over $1 million and has over 300 doors valued at over $12 million, all under the age of 30. So I'm looking forward to this story, Brian. I know many of the listeners are attempting to accomplish the same thing, or even if they're over the age of 30, they're trying to get there. But he brings a focused dedication to the oversight of the portfolio, leveraging his local knowledge and relationships to execute their strategy. Brian is also logistics manager of a Fortune 500 company where he is the top broker in Northwest Arkansas and top 10 in his region. So Brian, thank you again. Grateful for your time. You're definitely someone that's taking massive action at a young age. I love hearing those stories and seeing guys like yourself and gals making it happen and jumping out there. So I want to hear how you've done that. First, give us a little background on yourself and how you got into real estate, all those things. But uh, I really want to get into your story because you've taken the action that so many need to. Yeah, thanks again for having me. A little bit about myself. I was born and raised in Cincinnati. I went to the University of Kentucky to get my economics major there. Right after college, I joined a commissioned-based sales company, worked there for about three years, and then I started to have an income problem. You know, I was making a lot of money, working a lot of hours to get to where I was, and I wanted to figure out what I could do with this extra income, you know, that I had worked so hard to do. And now when you're in commission, you are part of that higher tax bracket. So seeing so much of your commission come out towards taxes was pretty painful for me. So I started looking at what are people in America doing to create wealth? And a lot of it was either real estate or stocks. So I had my company's 401k plan. So I was already doing the 6% towards my Roth IRA, but I looked at the stock market was my first venture, I should say. And it was just watching the stocks go up and down. I I bought GoPro at $35, watched it go down to $5. So that was really fun experience, right? Then I think I knew just watch it. You couldn't do that as a day job and watch the stocks all day. So I found bigger pockets. You know, I think a lot of people get started, you know, finding the free resources on there. I knew I wanted to get into real estate. So about four years ago, I bought a single family house. It was great. You know, the mortgage was 500. I rented it out for 950. I managed it myself. Everything was going good, but I was just doing the math and it was going to take way too long to get to where I wanted to be, you know, as a passive income standpoint, tax benefit standpoint. So something I heard early on was find a niche. A lot of people that I listened to went into commercial real estate. And the most common thing they would say was, I wish I would have got started in commercial real estate earlier. I wish I would have started getting into multifamily earlier. So it was something that kind of clicked with me, seeing the economies of scale of multifamily, being able to hire professional property management. So I read every book you could, went to a couple of different seminars, listened to your podcast, search all podcasts for multifamily. 
you know, and just read and listen as much as I could and built up a little confidence. And I found a 12 unit on market. I had finally convinced a friend to invest with me on the deal. You know, I had shown them what I was doing with the, the single family. I showed them all the numbers on the multifamily, the 12 unit property. And once they had agreed to, okay, you know, talked with his wife, said, okay, we'll finance that, you know, the down payment, the 12 unit was off the market. So um, kept following up with a broker and apparently the, the deal fell through. So I was there ready to go. And that was 12 units. That was about one year after the single family unit. And then here we are about four years since that first single family Today, on your introduction, it said 300 units. Right now, I'm at 350. We actually closed on a 50 unit a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Congratulations. So what's your main mode of operation now? Are you syndicating deals? Are you, you know, what's your asset class of choice now? So that, that's a great question. So everything I've done today has either been by myself. I've even seller financed a, a 20 unit deal. And everything I've done up to this point has been joint venturing. So either myself or joint venturing, but now I'm looking to do a true syndication. So everything I've built so far has been just joint venturing, but I've been able to retire my wife or retire. So now she's doing the marketing. She built her website. She's putting content out on Instagram, Facebook. She's got a little bit of background in marketing. So it's great having her be able to spearhead that so we can start, you know, letting more people know about the benefits and nice. uh, hopefully going into that true syndication. Yeah. So, you know, a million dollar net worth by age of 30, I, w- I want to hear just some actionable steps that you took. I mean, a massive action, right? And we hear that, like, you know, you had mentioned it earlier before we even recorded like that, that word so often used in our space, but it's so true. You know, you have to take some massive action and, and not be afraid to, to step out there, right? I've heard it, you know, from so many people who've had success in this business and many businesses at some point, they had to just put themselves out there. They had to take steps forward and really get out of their comfort zone ultimately. So what did that look like for you to make this happen and work to where you really started to gain some traction? That was a big thing for me, you know, going to school for economics, you're always taught to analyze everything to death, you know, and that was something I had to unteach myself, just taking action before you think you're ready. I think putting yourself in a situation to where you may have to look up an answer or look, you know, look something up. But for me, I Googled, my first step was I Googled every commercial lender in my area. So I just searched commercial lender, Northwest Arkansas. And I got a list of 10 people called each bank. Hey, do you guys, uh, can I speak with someone in your commercial lending department? And then from there, do you guys finance apartment buildings? And from there, you know, usually a lot of the commercial lending people, when they hear apartment building, they perk up a little bit, you know, because even the banks know it's a, it's a good sound investment, especially local banks when you show them your business plan. So that was a thing for me getting. And then I did the same thing with commercial brokers, got a list of all the commercial brokers in my area. Some people search LoopNet. So you might not be able to find a good apartment deal on LoopNet, but you can find good commercial brokers on LoopNet selling other asset classes. So sometimes on LoopNet, you might be finding someone who's selling an office building or something of that nature, and you call them and ask them, and you kind of tell them what you want to do. For me, that was finding B, C-class apartments and B areas and, and renovating them and fixing them up to get them to that B level and telling them about what your plan was. So that was for me, just finding each 
person and your team that you want to have and getting a list of people in the area and just calling them, not being afraid to fumble over your words a little bit or not knowing the right answer, but just calling and getting that conversation going. And I think with each different conversation, it gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit more flowing. So, You know, you had that 12 unit and you found somebody to partner with you or to finance ultimately the down payment for that property. Tell us about convincing that partner or, you know, how did you meet this person? Is this someone that you've known a long time? What was that relationship like for them to trust you and, you know, in that way to, to come in and do that? Yeah. So it was a lot of back and forth. It was actually my fiance at the time's father so my now father-in-law. So hopefully the deal went good. <laughs> yeah. So he actually ended up joint venturing with me with a lot of uh, other deals here. So it did go pretty good. But that conversation, he owned 10 single family homes free and clear. And it was almost just an education about leveraging in a good way, you know, showing them, you know, how debt can be beneficial. So he had been through different financial crisis and he wanted to be, you know, as safe as possible. So it was a lot of back and forth with him, with his wife. I printed out spreadsheets. I made pie graphs, just showing them the visual tools of it, telling them about the tax benefits of the commercial real estate. So I think it was just, you know, getting over that, you know, education standpoint about commercial real estate and showing them, hey, here's what would happen worst case scenario. You know, we have a couple of tenants move out we're still looking good, you know? So I think showing them the downside and the upside, not just selling the upside, I think added a little more trust. Here's what happens if we have to bring the rents down. You know, the rents are trending up, but here's what could happen if, you know, they went down for some reason. What did the next deals look like? I mean, obviously, you know, a lot, most people run out of money, right? You know, they start buying a few deals and, and it's hard to get to the next one. Where does the down payment come from? And how did you do that? How did you continue to do deals? Yeah. So my next deal, it was a seller financing deal. I was driving for dollars, you know, which is going around looking for different buildings and writing down the addresses, looking up the addresses, the owners on the county assessor website. I was sending out a lot of mail and trying to see if anyone was interested. I was going after what looked like distressed properties. So maybe vacant landlords, it's a good one to search, but I used seller financing on that second deal, which was a 20-unit deal. The owner was ready to sell. He actually lived in Oklahoma about two hours away, and he was self-managing it. So I used seller financing on that deal. Same bank that I financed a 12-unit with, showed them what the numbers were doing on the 12-unit, and they were ready to finance that. And then after that, I did another 12-unit deal shortly after that 20-unit deal, and I was able to pull out enough equity in my first 12 unit deal, because it, it was pretty distressed. And part of that promissory note was to include renovations. I was able to pull enough money out of that first 12 unit to use as a down payment for the next 12 unit too. So nice. actually, yeah, yeah, refinance that first 12 unit into the another 12 unit. So at that point I had 44 units and I was feeling pretty you know, confident. So started making offers on deals. My fourth deal, my commercial broker saw what I was doing and he ended up being a partner on that fourth deal. And my father-in-law ended up being another separate partner. And then my property manager was actually one of the other partners on that deal too. So Nice. They had some faith in you and the deal, didn't they? Yeah. I think having that track record, you know, I had done three deals at that point, you know, knew the processes and starting to get more confident. On a different note, 
slightly. You went to college, you got this degree, and now you know you're building this business in real estate. And I just wonder. I bet there's some listeners wondering too. And knowing what you know now, would you still have got the college degree? That's such a good question. You know, because my wife and I are at the point of we're having kids, and you know, it's obviously way down the road. But it's a thought: like, am I gonna make my kid, or not make, but tell them to go to college or start the business? But I think. I'd probably leave it up to them. For me, college was about the experience. You know, I, I learned a lot. I made a lot of good friends and good connections that, you know, some people who are now going to probably invest with me, you know, with my company. So I think it was good. You know, it taught me how to think, not necessarily practical, you know, this is what you do, but it kind of taught me, you know, problem solving, deductive reasoning. So I would definitely go to college. I, I don't think I would still be here where I am. You know, maybe I would be in a different state or somewhere else, but it just depends on the person, really, what you're looking to get out of. I, you know, I think a good business foundation is good. You, you can learn a lot of good business principles. Being able to finish college was a good sense of accomplishment. Sure. With your portfolio, how do you prepare for a downturn? Yeah, that's another good question. I think, you know, doing stress tests on all your properties, you know, doing stress tests on future properties, I think right now on my personal portfolio, I'm not taking anything out of it. Everything's going back into renovations. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm getting them ready for if we do have vacancies, I want the units to be ready to go. So not skimping on anything right now. When we do have that surplus, I think it's best to reinvest it back in, in the property. And my partner is fine with that too on the the deals that I have a couple partners on, everybody is fine with that. So I think it just depends on the deal, but I definitely stress testing, not being aggressive with rent increases, not being aggressive with vacancy decreases. What do you predict is going to happen over the next six to 12 months just in the real estate market? I think there'll be some good buying opportunities is what I would predict if I had a, a crystal ball. But it seems like there's a lot of deals out there right now or that People are like wanting to sell, but they're still wanting those high prices. And I think buyers, you know, have a sense of hesitation because we're not really sure what's going to happen. It's an election year. Big changes could be happening with the 1031 exchange if it goes one way or the other. I think in November, we'll have a better answer of where we're going for sure. But I do think there'll be some buying opportunities in quarter one. So right now for me, just putting everything I have back into the business and getting ready for those opportunities. You know, I'm, I'm still making offers. I'm still looking for deals, but it does seem like people still want the prices of 2019. Just stay strong in your underwriting and stay smart with what you know your goal is. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done different on that first deal? I spent quite a bit on uh, a parking lot. I don't know that I got the return on the parking lot. It, it was just a 12 unit. So we spent about like 35000 on the parking lot. It looks great. I mean, it's, it makes a curb appeal go well, but I think I maybe could have used that more for interior renovations. I think I would have asked my property manager at the time what his opinion was as far as what we think could get the maximum rents for there. So maybe I could have put that money somewhere else. So I think you're not being afraid to ask a property manager what he thought was the highest and best use of our renovation budget. So that's probably what I would have done differently on that. Great advice. Seek counsel, especially from your management company, right? What's a way you've recently improved your business that we can apply to our business? I think marketing, letting people know about 
my business. So, you know, Jen, my wife, she's taking full steam ahead on that. So start a Facebook page, start an Instagram page. You know, everyone talks about local meetups. Local meetups are great too. You know, just opening your mouth, you know, letting more people know. Don't be a secret, you know, letting more people know what you're doing. You know, a lot of people want to get involved in real estate more than you think. So I think just putting yourself out there more is good. So that's something we've done. Spent a little bit of money on marketing and excited about that. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Right now, we're using YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. So that's our main focus right now. I think I could probably spend more time on bigger pockets. You know, I've got a bigger pockets webpage, but I think putting value on bigger pockets would be a good one. And then local meetups would be another good one that I'm going to start doing more. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? We spoke about it, you know, taking action. It's a word used a lot. And I think sales and real estate, you know, just when you think you're, you know, a little bit too tired to do something, just push, you know, do one more, you know, call one more investor, call one more lender, call one more broker. I think, you know, just even when you don't feel like it, try to do a little bit more. If you had to pick just, you know, a couple of things that you could share with the listener that was the most important times where you took action, or maybe it was even uncomfortable, right? You stepped out of your comfort zone. What would a couple of those things be? I think talking to the first couple of commercial brokers was out of my comfort zone. I, I didn't, what if they asked me about what type of cap rates? I, I didn't know about cap rates. I didn't know about vacancy, you know, economic vacancy rates. And so I think just start the conversation, you know, talking to those brokers is a good one. Nice. Well, it's an amazing story. And I just want to be the first or one of the first probably of many to congratulate you, Brian, on just the accomplishment, you know, before you're even 30. So congratulations to you and your wife and your father-in-law, right? Thank you again for having you on the show. But tell us how you like to give back. So my wife, she's a big animal lover. So right now we're giving back to the SPCA here in local. So that's how we're giving back currently. I'd like to eventually start an educational there's some sort of business educational for kids, something in the area. So that's something we're looking at in the future as well. Nice. Well, thanks again for sharing your story. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. We actually have a free ebook on our website, wagerscapital.com forward slash wealth plan. Just a nice little PDF document my wife put together about diversifying your portfolio and building wealth. So wagerscapital.com is a great way to, to reach out. We're on uh, all the social medias as well, Facebook and Instagram. So you can look us up there. Awesome. That's a wrap, Brian. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it, Whitney. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital 
making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.